0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It couldn't be easier. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up everybody? Chris Trapasso here from CBSSports.com, and you are listening to the prospect podcast and to answer my own question about what is up the coronavirus is certainly what is up in this country and in basically the entire world right now hopefully you are staying safe with your families staying home sacrificing in the short term so the long term isn't extremely long this social distancing uh, is a new term that almost everyone in this country probably never had heard of um, Previous to about two weeks ago, I certainly didn't. But fortunately, we have our technology. We are in the heart of NFL draft season and the prime of NFL free agency. So instead of just talking about the NFL draft today, and obviously you're coming here in most cases to get my opinions about the 2020 NFL draft, I'm going to switch gears and focus on NFL free agency. We're through the first wave We are into technically the beginning of the new league year. The Tom Brady news is the biggest of any free agent signing thus far. Legal tampering period, which began on Monday, is technically the beginning of free agency. We're probably to the second wave at this point. What I'm going to do for this podcast is to run through my favorite signings of free agency so far and my least favorite, or what I would say are the have been the bad signings or trades that have gone down in this free agent period. Um, I will start with Corey Littleton. And I'm going to start with my favorite. I'm going to run through all of my favorite signings and then talk about my least favorite or the bad signings. Corey Littleton going to the Oakland Raiders, $22 million fully guaranteed. Um, that's the 13th around the 13th highest among linebackers there's a few contract details that aren't fully out there yet I don't think there's any other linebacker that could break the bank and push Littleton down but I think Corey Littleton is a star and he's still young he's 26 going to be 27 this year he is the premier coverage linebacker in the NFL You're getting a specialist in that he's not great against the run. He gets washed out on run plays more than you would like from your traditional linebacker or we've always looked at linebackers at first how good and how aggressive and physical they are against the run and coverage has been secondary. It's flipped now. You have to be a good coverage linebacker first and Corey Littleton is that whether it be zone covering running backs out of the backfield, tight ends down the seam, he's outstanding. I think after Luke Keekley retired, Corey Littleton became the premier coverage linebacker in the NFL. I'm not saying he's the best overall linebacker, but the linebacker position had been really a problem for the Oakland Raiders and now the Las Vegas Raiders for a very long time. And I think Mike Mayock, they tried to patch things with some Older veterans the last few years um, in the first two seasons with John Gruden as the head coach, but they really prioritize linebacker uh, with Corey Littleton and to only pay him as the thirteenth highest paid linebacker um, is a great deal for the Raiders. And one quick aside, which is actually it's an aside, but it's vital. If you follow me on Twitter, you know this, and we're starting to see it be reported this way. I'm not going to take credit for being the person that pushed this, but I've long said, probably over the last two or three years, that fully guaranteed at signing um, is all that really matters with these NFL contracts. The new collective bargaining agreement certainly did not give players fully guaranteed deals like the NBA, or major league baseball. So we have to look at guaranteed at signing money that the new team or the team that is re-signing a player absolutely will and has to pay a player. That there are so many, I think most people, almost everyone is, realizes that these inflated full details, four years, 60 million, up to 75 million, that that's, kind of bogus or it very much is bogus and I don't blame agents for trying to get that out there Um, but full guarantees or guaranteed at signing that is what we need to see to analyze these contracts that there's are tons of deals usually I'm not going to say every GM in the NFL is brilliant I think Bill O'Brien has a ways to go in that department as we saw from the DeAndre Hopkins deal um, a few days ago but typically when a lower level player signs what looks to be a big free agent contract, and there's a few of those uh at the bottom here on my no or in my notes that i'm going to talk about as my least favorite that look like gigantic deals and they just do not even remotely match up on the surface with the type of player the new team is getting a lot of times a three year forty million dollar deal will actually only have like Twelve million in full guarantees. So that's over the span of four years. That's or over the span of three years for that contract. Uh, That hypothetical contract would only be four million guaranteed per season. It's not a lot of money, and that's why most NFL contracts are essentially two or three year deals. I mean, there's a ton of one years, obviously, but even the multi four, five, six year deals, which we don't really see that many too often um are really only two-year deals three years at most that teams are willing to get out from them but guaranteed at signing is what that team will pay whether it be while the player is still on the team or after they cut that player in a few seasons and it gets converted into dead cap um so that is vitally important very important um and that's what we really need to look at. And I've seen with the Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, Mike Garofalo, Tom Palisaro, Jay Glazer have been reporting these deals. There was a time last year where deals will get reported three years, 40 million with 32 in total guarantees. And that's with team options down the road. If you're on the roster five years from now, your, your salary is guaranteed, um, and the full guarantees were coming out a lot later. Now those contracts have been almost whittled down a little bit, and almost every tweet I've seen from those big insiders has been three years, 40 million with 10 million guaranteed, total gear, or full guarantees, which that's what we really need to see. So Corey Littleton getting 22 million guaranteed at signing 13th highest um among the linebacker spot i think that's a great deal for the raiders moving on and getting through that whole full guarantee spiel um dj reader to the Bengals. i really like that move for cincinnati it took a little bit of time and a, a lot of Bengals people i follow on twitter joe goodberry's been one of my good friends on twitter for a long time he's i think the best Bengals follow out there was wondering like they had talked about that they were going to be way more aggressive on the free agent market this year, waiting, waiting, waiting. Then they land DJ Reader, big contract for him. Um, When it comes to the Bengals, I don't even really care that much about the contract and his was one of the bigger deals in free agency. Adam Schefter tweeted he's the highest paid nose tackle in the NFL, which seems like it's probably a bad idea if you're just looking at that tweet because nose tackles aren't Uh, as valuable. But DJ Reader is an outstanding elite level run defender. And every season in the NFL in Houston for the Texans, he had grown as a pass rusher. So I think that's a good deal. They still have Geno Atkins sitting there. Um, They have some good pieces on the defensive side. And DJ Reader is going to be a really good player in Cincinnati for a long time during the start of the Joe Burrow era. So I really like that deal. Robert Quinn, the edge rusher to the Chicago Bears, his full guarantees are I believe to be thirty million there there wasn't there isn't at this point um anything detailed saying if those are full guarantees or total guarantees, but I believe they are full guarantees that puts him just outside the top ten among edge rushers and I think that makes sense for him. he's only thirty. He seemed like he's been in the league for 15, 20 years, but he's only 30 years old, turns 31 this year. While you would say initially Robert Quinn is not one of the 10 best edge rushers in the NFL I think for the bears to know that you have Khalil Mack on this monster deal and you've been desperately trying to get that second edge rusher to take some pressure off him. You're willing to pay someone that is a pass rushing specialist like Robert Quinn coming off a double digit sack season, I believe with the Cowboys nine and a half or 10 or, or actually maybe. Yeah. I think he was above 10 sacks last season for the Cowboys. Um, that, you're willing to pay him a little bit more money uh, because that is huge. That impacts Khalil Mack, that he will not be able to see as many double teams, that you can move Mack around a little bit more, and it'll just make your pass rush more well-balanced, not so one-sided, leaning toward Khalil Mack. Um, So I really like that move. I've been a big fan of Robert Quinn since he came out of North Carolina in 2011 as one of the younger prospects in that draft class. He's just been a really good pass rusher his entire career. High motor, bendy, great burst off the snap, pretty good pass rushing moves, can really dip and bend around the edge. One of the best and most bendy edge rushers still uh, as he's hit his, 30 or his age 30 season and he's going into his 30s he's still one of the bendiest edge rushers in the nfl so i like that move for the chicago bears another move and i guess most of these are on the defensive side Quentin jefferson to the buffalo bills obviously this trade for stefan diggs is going to move the needle more than any other move that buffalo um has made or will make this offseason but Quentin jefferson kind of like dj reader in that he was a day three pick and he's steadily improved in each of his four seasons in the NFL. A little bit more than Reader, he can play the five technique spot, which is defensive end. He can play the penetrating three tech spot. Could even play some nose tackle on occasion. More of an outside, inside to out player, not a true nose tackle. Um, great run defender. Pretty good pass rusher, um, had his best season last year. Uh, he's only 25 years old, or only 26 years old. Um, so, And to only sign him for $7 million per season, there's not the full details of how much fully guaranteed there is for that deal. But Quentin Jefferson, after losing Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson in free agency, the Bills add a, a nice... Kind of underrated. I was going to say low-key, but underrated piece to that defensive line that I think by the midpoint of next season and into December, we're going to say, wow, like Diggs is moving the needle and and is the biggest impact guy. But Quentin Jefferson really was probably the best value selection that the Bills made on the free agent market. Um, Another move, another defensive lineman, Gerald McCoy, going to the Dallas Cowboys. Just talked about Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips leaving that Buffalo defense. The Cowboys have been ravaged on their defensive line and in their secondary at all phases uh, at all portions of their defense in free agency to lose Robert Quinn to lose Malik Collins to lose byron Jones um, those are either rotational or key pieces to that Dallas defense over the past couple of seasons and certainly in two thousand and nineteen with with Robert Quinn. Gerald McCoy is still a quality pass rusher. Um, Maybe not the type of player he was early in his career at Tampa, of course. Um, But he was good in Carolina last season. You know you're getting high character from him. He does not need to play 90% of the snaps, but um, he can be in a solid rotation. You're not going to get a lot of bad reps from Gerald McCoy. And they really patched what was becoming a huge hole where where the floodgates were kind of opening with how many pieces the Cowboys were losing on that defense, so I really like that deal for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe my favorite among all of these, and they're, it's strange, I did not mean to do this, most of them are on the defensive line, Javon Hargrave to the Philadelphia Eagles. Howie Roseman strikes again. Javon Hargrave has like played some nose tackle. Um, he's this undersized Loose-hipped, quick-twitch, explosive penetrator. And he needs to be in that three-technique spot. Or he can just penetrate at the nose tackle position. Not saying he always played out of position in Pittsburgh. But with Stefan Tewitt, with Casey Hayward. Um, they had some other pieces in front of him. And certainly landing on that Eagles defensive line with Fletcher Cox. He's not going to ask to be the number one rusher there and 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 will take a back seat to Fletcher Cox but I think he's going to be a starter right away with that first step with the power that he plays low center of gravity pretty good pass rushing moves non-stop motor athleticism for days um Javon Hargrave I think we're going to be talking about him As one of the best overall value signings in free agency. And one that just went down right before I started recording this podcast, Linvald Joseph. To the Los Angeles Chargers, two years, $17 million. No details yet on the full guarantees. I assume it will not be very much. Um, they lost Brandon Meebane. Um, they needed some more beef on that interior of their defensive line. Hopefully, not that they're the same type of players, but for the Chargers, Linval Joseph, who's been a consummate professional in Minnesota, was outstanding there um, for a couple of seasons. All pro caliber, super strong can wear off a little bit with his work ethic on 2019 first-round pick Jerry Tillery, who has all the talent to be a Pro Bowl pass rusher at defensive tackle, but there are some maturity character concerns um, that I think the Chargers are probably a little bit worried about. To add more beef between Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, I think was a great deal for Tom Telesco. I really like what the Chargers in general have done, adding Brian Bulaga up front and in In the trenches on both sides of the football has been an area outside of Bosa and Ingram that has kind of plagued the Chargers and maybe kept them out of the playoffs last year or from progressing deeper into the playoffs the last few years um, in the Phillip Rivers era, which is now no longer. Tyrod Taylor looks like he's going to be the penciled-in starter for now until the draft where potentially a Justin Herbert or a Jordan Love will be sitting there for the Chargers um, in the top 10. All right, moving to the dislikes. And a lot of these are value-based. I I did not agree or like the Blake Martinez to the New York Giants signing. Uh, In terms of full guarantees or guaranteed at signing, whatever you want to call it, he is one spot behind Corey Littleton, $21.5 million. Corey Littleton's, again, is $22 million fully guaranteed. I, I just, they're completely different players that Blake Martinez is a twitchy active physical run support specialist he's going to help the Giants run defense but um and this is kind of pointing to where Dave Gettleman has kind of shown us his mind is over the past couple of off seasons finishing in Carolina and then moving to the New York Giants that he's stuck about 10 years uh Ago that, that it's not a, a run-based league anymore. And they have Dexter Lawrence, they have pieces up front, um, Dalvin Tomlinson, guys who are, are gonna help their run defense as they progress um, from being you know technically young players to being veterans. I don't think you should be shelling out that much money to a run stopper that's gonna be a liability in coverage. He's definitely Blake Martinez, is going to be a day one starter, and probably play the majority of the snaps. The two linebackers today in the NFL, with most defensive coordinators predominantly playing in nickel, your two linebackers are going to play 75% to 100% of the snaps. And I think we will see throughout the season in 2020 and beyond that Blake Martinez um, is just a little bit of a liability, or very much a liability in coverage. And I think if if he was a better coverage linebacker the Packers would have had no problem paying him 21.5 million guaranteed at signing so I did not like that deal from a value perspective especially just looking at the guy right above him Corey Littleton who is awesome in coverage um, and, and I think is going to be a star to borderline superstar in Vegas with the Raiders um, a trade that just went down, Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears for a fourth-round pick. Um, the details haven't fully come out yet on, on what's going to happen with this contract. I believe the Jaguars are going to eat most of the dead cap, so that makes it a little bit better uh, for the Chicago Bears. And I understand there's coaches on that staff, Matt Nagy being the head coach, John T. Thief- John DeFilippo, the quarterback coach. Um, there's guys that have play, that have been the coach with Nick Foles in the past. But Nick Foles is not the answer at the quarterback position. He's everything I've read and watched about him, he's a one of the best guys in the NFL. He has one superbly efficient season 2013, his second year in the league with Chip Kelly. He only threw two interceptions. And obviously his awesome run in the playoffs with the Eagles in 2017-2018, that postseason. Beyond that, he has been a below-average starting quarterback to a decent backup. And now he's on his, what, fourth team now um, that Nick Foles, to me, third or fourth team, whatever it is, it seems like he's been on uh, all the teams in the NFC at this point, um, that it's just not... The guy that I think will really push Mitchell Trubisky, or if he ultimately beats out Mitchell Trubisky, that he will be able to lead the Bears, um, that has, you know, a team with a playoff run type of defense will be able to take them past where they were two years ago, where they won the NFC North and they hosted that playoff game against Nick Foles and ultimately lost that game. So I I just, with Cam Newton still there with Jameis Winston, um, maybe they'll still go in the draft, but probably not because they don't have that first round pick. Um, It just seems like another middling decision um, for Ryan Pace, their GM, when he needed I'm not going to say a Hail Mary, but he needed to be more aggressive at the game's most vital position after seeing the big step backward that Mitchell Trubisky made. I thought Cam Newton would be a great fit. I thought even Jameis Winston, that if you're worried about Trubisky and that he doesn't take nearly enough risks and he's inaccurate— Sign Jameis Winston, let him throw 35 touchdowns and throw 30 picks. At least you'll be able to score more points. You have Allen Robinson, you have Terry Cohen, um, you have Anthony Miller. You can draft some wide receivers uh, in this really deep draft class. But instead, Nick Foles, he did not play well with the Jaguars. Got injured, but just when he did play, just looked like the Nick Foles that we have normally seen over the vast majority of his NFL career. So that was kind of a wah, wah type of trade for the Chicago Bears. Um, and the last one, it was kind of what I was referencing earlier. Um, didn't even realize it, but the Trey Waynes signing by the Bengals. I applauded the DJ Reader move. I love that. It was I believe three years 53 million something like that I'm not sure what the full detail or full guarantees are but again I said I didn't care because the Bengals have spent so many years not signing free agents um, big time free agents and spending a lot of money on the free agent market but DJ Reader is a good player Trey Waynes three years 42 million um, it, it's around 14 million an average annual salary, or average per year, that's a decent way to look at it. It's still not the best because again, I think full guarantees matter most. That is definitely a deal that does not have the full guarantees released yet. But to be up there, I mean, Patrick Peterson makes right around 14 million per season. Uh, Marcus Peters makes 14 million per season. Trey Wayne's is a bottom third of the league cornerback he's small he's really fast he ran under 4-4 coming out of Michigan State a few years ago but he's small he's grabby Um, he's not a natural mirror down the field Um, I I, I just don't know what the Bengals were thinking um, with that move I I don't really even think you know moving him into the slot he's going to ultimately be um, you know a great player in that regard I mean For the Bengals to let uh, Darquez Denard, who would become a pretty good slot corner, let him hit free agency and leave and then sign Trey Waynes, that was a head-scratcher for me. So those are the three that really stick out to me. I'll probably do another podcast um, over the next couple of days um, as more deals come in just to give some more thoughts and maybe... Probably by that point, I will have had more time to look at some other deals that look really good and the deals that I'm wondering what the GMs were thinking. But those, Corey Littleton to the Raiders, love it. DJ Reader to the Bengals, very good deal. Robert Quinn to the Bears, maybe a little bit of an overpayment, but totally understand it. And I think they'll get the... Most bang out of their buck from Robert Quinn having Khalil Mack across from him. Quentin Jefferson to the Bills, love that move with Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, Starla Toulalei. They have a lot of depth on that defensive line, and Jefferson's just a young good player. Gerald McCoy to the Cowboys. Dallas has gotten ravaged on their defense in free agency. McCoy can still play a little bit. One or two years of quality play from him. That will be worth it. Javon Hargrave, young player that was just buried on that Steelers front line over the last few seasons. I think he's going to thrive next to Fletcher Cox and learn a lot from Fletcher Cox, who truly is kind of a similar player to Javon Hargrave, that they're both super athletic, very disruptive. And Linval Joseph to the Los Angeles Chargers, two years, $17 million. They needed that big body. Uh, He can still bring it as a bull rusher. Awesome run defender. The moves I did not like, Blake Martinez to the Giants, to only pay him uh, half a million dollars less in full guarantees than Corey Littleton, who's a great coverage linebacker, when Martinez is a run-stopping specialist. Did not understand that. They just had Alec Ogletree. They released him. That's the kind of player he was. Nick Foles of the Bears, that's an obvious one. And Trey Waynes signing a $14 million per season deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's just not a good cornerback. And they gave him money like he's an ascending young player who's fresh off his best season. And he looks like, you know, a, a potential Pro Bowler next season. That's just not what he is. All right. Well, that'll do it today. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you for listening. This was the free agent coronavirus number one edition of the Prospect Podcast.